Hey, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Title of the lesson today, I think uh, you'll like. It's a little longer than normal, but uh, uh, I think uh, it's something that is good for all of us as we go through our life. And uh, that title is, If the Insides Are Right, the Outsides Will Be Fine. Okay, that's a little longer than normal, so let me give it to you again. If the insides are right, the outsides will be fine. Turn to the person next to you and tell them that, okay? (laughs) If the insides are right, the outsides will be fine. Now, as we get going on this... What are the outsides of our life? What are the things about a life that are, uh, that are outside that we give a lot of worry and concern about? Finance. Our financial life, our uh, career, our job. What else? How we look. That's an outside thing, right? Our children, how they're doing. Our marriage. How our, mar- how our lack of marriage is going. Uh, <laughs> how our dating life, our lack of dating life is going. Okay, any other outside things? Health. Our health uh, is, is a big thing, you know. And we, we have prayers often for people that are having some health challenges and problems in life. Our car, our, <laughs> our, our transportation. And we can go on and on. You know, there's things about our outside life uh, that are things. Yet... What we're going to look at is that if the insides are right, the outside will actually be fine. In, uh, in our passage here in Matthew 22, in verse 34, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. So this guy's a really sharp guy, maybe the sharpest guy in the room, smartest guy in the room, and he's going to ask Jesus a question. He says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Okay, now let's stop right there. Some of us know a little bit more about the Bible. Some of us know a little bit less. But what are some of the commandments in the law? To honor your parents. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Observe the Sabbath day. Uh, and then, I mean, we could go on and on and on, right? All kinds of commandments that the old law gave to the Old Testament Jewish people. So he says to Jesus, which one is the most important one? Now look at Jesus' answer, because I'm sure this is not at all what he expected. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And... The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So basically Jesus says, okay, you want to know the most important law? The most important law is to love God with all your insides. And of course he actually goes on, he gives him two. He didn't ask for two, but he gives him two. He says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. But we're going to focus on this. This inside thing here. Notice that Jesus' answer are all things that are inside us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
your seat of your emotions, all your emotions, all your soul, all your spiritual being inside. You know, we're, a, we're all a combination of being a physical being and a spiritual being. We understand that, don't we? Yeah. And all your mind. All your insides is what Jesus says. That if you get the inside right, all the other things are going to be fine. It's going to work out just great. Your life is going to be a wonderful life. If you get the inside first right, then the outside will fall into place. I've got four passages here that I want us to look at today that are all things related to the inside of us. And we're going to look at these passages from the vantage point of these are things from Jesus' life and, and, and statements that Paul makes. These are things about us in the inside. And we're going to get the insides right. If you get the insides right, outsides are going to be fine. Look over to the book of Mark, chapter 14. I read that uh, this passage this last week in my read through the Bible in a year thing. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm cranking on through. I'm, I'm uh, on November 6th. So uh, I'm a little bit ahead. I don't know. I, I may be done. By September 1st. I don't know what I'll do the rest of the year, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll find something. But I, I read this, and I thought it was absolutely phenomenal uh, what I read. I could, I, I, it just stunned me. You know how when you read the Bible, and you read something you know you've read many, many times, and you see something? You're like, whoa, I didn't get that uh, before. In Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Actually, pick it up in verse 35. This is the Garden of Gethsemane. This is where Jesus is going to go to the cross. And uh, He's praying. It says, going a little further, He fell to the ground and He prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from Him. Abba, Father, He said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from Me, yet not what I will, but what you will. I was struck with Jesus starts out His prayer to God saying, everything is possible with you. Now Jesus knows what the plan is. He knows what's going to happen. If, 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 the, if the events roll forward the way that they're planned, He knows that He is going to go through these trials before the Jewish leaders first, and then Pilate, the Roman uh, leader, that he's going to be condemned to death, to die on a cross, and that he is in fact going to die on a cross. He knows because he's grown up in that area of the world that dying on a cross is a phenomenally awful way to go. And he's having some feelings about it. And he starts out his prayer saying to God, his Father, Abba Father, Abba meaning dear or, or special, blessed, uh, Daddy, kind of a closeness. Abba Father. Dear Father. I, everything is possible with you. I know that you can change this if you want to. I would like it to change, is what he's saying. But then he comes back and he says. Your will, not my will, be done. This is an inside thing. Jesus is going to die outside. 
That's an outside thing. And he's saying, I, I don't want to die on the cross. Here, I've seen people executed on a cross. I don't want to die on a cross. It's awful. It's, it, it's just terrible. I, is there any, God, everything's possible with you. But then he comes back and he says, yet not my will, but your will be done. He says, I understand that, that this may be how it has to go in the big scheme of things. And I'm willing to do your will. I would prefer to not do your will. I would prefer to do my will. Yet your will, not my will, be done. He is in submission to God in the inside of his life. His insides are full of submission. Now his outside is struggling. Can you relate to that? He wants to do God's will. He's just a little nervous about it. And you would be too. If you knew ahead of time that that's what the the, the next few hours and days we're going to be holding for you in your life. He's submissive to God. Everything's possible for you. I know. Now, I want you to plug this into your life. What do you want in your life from God right now that He has not given you? Don't answer that. <laughs> that's the inner person, okay? Uh, that, that's for you to inner person answer. What have you wanted from God? What have you asked of God? Maybe several different times. And God, evidently, up to this point, has said no. Sometimes it's possible that people can even develop an attitude toward God. God, why aren't you giving me what I asked for? And see, if that's really what your attitude is, you've got to ask yourself, are you really in submission to God? See, I think Jesus' example here for us is phenomenal. He starts out the prayer with His acknowledgement of God Everything is possible for you. And he tells him what he wants. But he ends up saying, okay, but at the end of the day, I trust your will over my will. This is really tricky stuff sometimes in our lives. Because there's there's times in our life and situations in our life when we get a lot of emotional feeling. We, We get really tied up and the things that we want God to do for us. Let me give you a couple of examples. I know we have single people here that aren't married. And you want to get married. God, why haven't you given me a wife? Why haven't you given me a husband? I've asked time and time and time again. You see, you have to ask yourself, are you in submission to God? See, here's the prayer that Jesus prayed that should be the prayer that we pray for these kind of things that we pretty much know that God is going to have to act if it's going to happen in our life. God, everything's possible for you. I know you can do this. I want you to do it. But... 
I am in total submission to your will. Because I really understand that what I might be asking for is something that I don't know is really the worst thing I could ever get. Because sometimes what we want is not what we need. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, we think, oh, if I could have that, everything would be awesome. And what we don't realize is if you had that, it would mess up your life and mess up a lot of other people's lives as well. You understand what I'm saying? So see, it's great to go to God and say, God, I know you can do anything. God, here's what I want. But the third part is the real inside thing. But God, I trust you. If it's not what's best for me, then I am totally clean with you saying no. I am totally awesome. I am not going to be bitter or resentful. If you feel like that's what's best, then I'm on your side. Let's go. That's the kind of heart. That's the kind of insight. See, if you get the insides right, the outsides are going to be fine, right? Okay, number two. Look over to the book of Acts, chapter 23. You guys with me here? Come on, Mal. Don't be losing it. How's how, how my front row girls doing? You guys with me? I lost my teenager, so I've got the preteens down here, but you know what? Amen. Teens are at camp. Okay, now this is Paul, and uh, he's on trial here. He's making a comment, and it's a really interesting comment that he, that, he, uh, that he says here. Acts 23, verse 1. Paul looks straight at the Sanhedrin. So he looks at this uh, Jewish uh, 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 group of, of uh, the Jewish leaders of that day. He looks right at them and says, My brothers... I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. He has fulfilled, he says, I have fulfilled my duty in all good conscience to this very day. Okay, now this is, this is the second point here. The first thing, if we're going to get the insides right, the outsides are going to be fine, is we've got to get ourselves in submission to God. This one is, basically in life, live your life in such a way that you can say, I did my best. That, that, that's really what he's saying right here. I've done my duty uh, to, to the best of my conscience. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've done my best. Now, our best is an interesting discussion because our best is not necessarily the best of the person next to you. You know how that goes. Right? And that, that, that's, that's in all areas of our life. We don't all have the same abilities in life, right? We know that. Uh, you know, I don't know who the smartest person in the room in here is. I know it's not me. Uh, but uh, th- there's a smartest person in the room here somewhere. And, and all of us sort of fall somewhere down the line. And, you know, some, a really bad thought is who's, a, who's the, the dumbest guy in the room, you know. And, and, I mean, you know, some of the guys were fighting it out for lower position down there. But, uh, and, and I'd be in that brawl. But, uh, um, you know, we're not, we all don't have the same intellectual abilities. We don't have the same athletic abilities. We, we don't have the same musical abilities. I mean, we, we could go on and on, right? So we're all blessed with a different level of ability and that kind of thing. But here's the thing in life. You don't have to do as good as the person next to you. That, that's not really what this is about. This is about, are you doing your best in life? Now, I know school's going to start up. Now, my t- preteens be fired up about this. School's going to start in about, gosh, about three weeks, right? Wow. Is that right? Is it three weeks? I was talking to Bonnie earlier. Is it two weeks? 
Bon- bon- where's Bonnie? Bonnie said she starts on like the 18th or something like that? Yeah, on the 18th. And, and uh, I mean, we're almost back to school starting up again. You know what? You don't have to make straight A's. You don't have to make straight B's. You don't have to make straight C's. You probably should not be making straight D's. But uh, <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's another topic. But um, you should do your best in school. Well, whatever that is. Whatever it is, you do your best. And in some cases, if we do our best, we will do actually quite well. In, in other cases, if we do our best, we, we, we do our best and amen. God is glorified and, 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 and we move on in life and realize that the world is uh, oftentimes led by C students. Uh, and, 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 and we're fired up. We're fired up about our future uh, <laughs> down the road. You're going to be a governmental leader. Huh? You're going to be awesome. Uh, you're either going to be Ivan the Great or Ivan the Terrible. I'm not sure which, but uh, you're going to be one of them. I, I'm reading this book right now on Russian history. Actually, you know, uh, you guys don't even know this. You don't care. But actually, actually, it's not really Ivan the Terrible. That's a bad translation. His, his nickname really was Ivan the Dreaded. Uh, so, ooh, bad guy. Yeah, he was a bad guy. Okay, anyway, but you know what? You have got to determine. I've got to determine. I am going to do my best. That's all God expects of me. My conscience can be clear if I do my best. I try. I try hard. I'm not giving myself a break. I'm not feeling like I'm the victim. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I'm not saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, work harder and you might get it. Get a tutor, you might get it. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Do your best. See, if we get the insides right, the outsides are going to be fine, right? I mean, some of you guys are going to uh, be involved. Some of you, you, you kids in school, some of you are going to be involved in athletic things. I'll guarantee you, I'm a coach's son here. Your coach is going to be totally pleased with you if you do your best. Your coach doesn't expect, we got Javier up here, he's a coach. Coach, do, do, do you appreciate it when you're uh, uh, basketball players? Do you appreciate it when they do their best? Yes. Absolutely you do. Do you expect them to do more than their best? No, you can't. You can only expect someone to do their best, right? You know, the really interesting thing is, though, the funny thing that most athletes figure out somewhere along the line in an athletic career is that if you dedicate yourself to doing your best, you actually do better than you would have done. Because there's usually more there than you know, but you've just got to be dedicated to, I'm going to do my best. Okay, number three. Look over to Philippians chapter 1. Come on, you guys following me here? See, if you get the insides right, the outsides are going to be fine. Philippians chapter 1. We talked about being submissive. Submissive attitude to God. Going to do God's will, not our will. Uh, Number 2 here, talking about basically, going to do my best in life. And Philippians chapter 1 here, beginning of verse 20, we're going to read and we're going to find really Paul here saying something about priorities. Okay? In Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, 
but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. This is Paul here actually just talking a little bit about his own life. And he's in the context of this, he's feeling a little low. He's in a Roman prison and the likelihood of him being executed is there. And he's a little nervous about that. You can sort of feel that as you read through the passage. And basically what he says is he says, here's the thing that I've decided. If I'm to go on living, Christ's work or Christ's will will be done. If I die, well, okay, I die, and, and I, I get to go to heaven, and I get to be with Christ. He actually says, you know, it's, it's actually better to die and to go on. But he says, I'm sort of convinced that I'm not going to die right now. I think I'm probably going to make it through this thing. And so what, what it means is I'm going to continue to be effective. I'm going to, how he puts it there is great. He says, he says, this will mean fruitful labor for me. He says, if I stay in the body, I know that, that things are going to go well. I'm going to do God's will if I stay here. If I die, I'm going to go and be with God, and that's, that's better by far. But if I stay, things are going to go well in, in, in my work for God. I think ultimately what he's talking about here is he's saying my number one priority in life is to do God's will with my life, to obey God, uh, and he's talking about his priorities. Number one priority is not to live. Number one priority is to make sure that as I am living, that I am doing God's will. That's the number one priority in my life. What are your priorities? Well, priorities can be different from person to person. Some things are more or less important for different people. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever driven down the street, and I'm sure we all have done this, and, and, uh, and looked at houses? That's sort of an enjoyable thing to do from time to time. But if you do that and you drive down the, the, the road, particularly in a sort of a normal neighborhood, you know, you see a house here, a house there, a house here, a house there, and that kind of thing. And you notice that some of the houses are very well manicured and, and, and taken care of and, and that kind of thing. And then you see another house and you're like, uh, you know, wow, that house... Um, that, uh, that house needs a little work. Uh, you know, that house needs a little attention. Uh, you know, and that kind of thing. You, you ever done that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You see, really, that's a lesson in priorities. Because that house that's really manicured and well taken care of, it didn't get that way by accident. Right. It got that way because someone cares about how the lawn looks. Someone cares about how the, br the brushes look, uh, the bushes look in, in, in front of the house. Someone cares about the color scheme and that kind of thing. You look at the other house, and it also so says something about priorities. It says, someone here doesn't care about the lawn. Someone here doesn't care about the bushes. 
Someone lives here that doesn't care if the color scheme looks really cool. It's a house. Get over it. You know what I mean? Different priorities of life. Let me give you another example, and I think you'll, you'll probably understand what I'm saying. Different people do their finances with different levels of, of uh, expectation. Some people know what they have in their checking account to the penny. Other people know they have a checking account. <laughs> and, and they're proceeding with the assumption that there's money in it. You understand what I'm saying? Different priorities, right? To one person, it means a lot that they're organized enough to know actually what they do have in the bank. Other people are like, no, 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 no. Just sort of, you know, slide it through. Everything will work out. Everything will be okay. I'm actually sharing about my wife and I. I, I'm, I'm the penny guy. She is, uh, she's, uh, yeah, there's money in the bank. Amen. <laughs> it's different priorities, isn't it? Have you ever walked into someone's house? I'll give you a third example. You ever walked into someone's house and it is clean to the behind the chair clean? Have you ever walked into someone else's house and the dust bunnies have flat come in the house? And, and, uh, and, and it's just a little out of sort, you know, a little messy. You know, we all have priorities. Paul is saying here, my number one priority. And you know what? All of us have something that's the most important thing to us. He's saying, my number one priority in my life is to make sure that I am doing God's will with my life. That's my number one. Now, whether he kept his bank account and such, I don't know. Whether he was a good housekeeper, I don't know. Whether he, I don't know. We don't know. Who cares at the end of the day? What is your number one priority? If you're a child of God, the answer should be quick. I want to do God's will with my life. That doesn't mean you don't have a lot of other priorities. I want to love my children. I want to love my husband. I want to be successful at my job. I, I want to... Yeah, I mean, we can go on and on and on and on. And that's okay. Go on and on and on. We all do it. We all have a lot of priorities. We all have a lot of things that are important for us. But there's only one number one in everyone's life. Paul says, my number one for me to live is Christ. See, this is an inner thing. You get the inner thing right and the outer thing will be fine. You know what? We talk about things sometimes like, do you come to church when we have church? Do you give to the contribution? Those are outside things. See, being here at church is outside. This is an outside thing. Giving your money to the contribution is an outside thing. But if you get the inside thing right, the outside thing is fine, right? If your number one priority in life is I am living for Christ, my number one goal, 
is to live for Christ. Is there going to be any question whatsoever whether you're going to come to church, whether you're going to give to the contribution, whether you're going to share your faith and help other people become Christians, whether you're going to have great relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you're going to serve in kids' kingdom if you're asked for, whether you're going to set up the gym and all that junk, all that physical labor we do to get all this set up here on Sunday. None of that is ever going to be a problem. None of it's ever a problem if you've got your number one priority right for me to live is Christ. You get what I'm saying? See, if you get the inside right, the outside thing will take care of itself. Last thing I want to look at, look over 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9. Once again, this is Paul sharing about his life. And uh, he, he says something really interesting here. He says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He says, I do not even deserve to be called an apostle because before I became a Christian, I I, I killed Christians. Humility. Humble. I want to ask you a question here. Do you think that the Apostle Paul was a driven, competitive person? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. If you know anything about the Bible, anything about the life of Paul, he was a competitive, driven person. Do you think Jesus was a competitive, driven person? Absolutely. When people say things like, this is why I've come, (laughs) that's, that's competitive and driven right there. But Paul says, you know, at the end of the day, I realize I did some pretty bad things before I became a Christian. And I, I, I need to keep that in mind. There's a humility about him that's incredibly attractive. This guy is, 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 is intelligent off the chart. He is educated by the best standards of his day off the chart. He has been successful in his life of, of, of building churches. Unbelievable. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people have become Christians because of what Paul has done. He has had success in his life. Yet, he is still humble. You know what? Whether we're humble or not is an inside thing. Humble means at the end of the day, you don't look at yourself as any better than anybody else. We as people are continually tempted to try to find the person, the people that we're better than. I mean, I've got to be better than somebody, I've got to find them. I mean, there may be 28 people in the room. I just don't want to be 28. I'll be 27. I'm going to look at that other person. 
We, 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 we continually want to find the person or the people that we think we're better than. Humility basically is saying, is, I know I'm not better than anybody. I may be worse than somebody, but I know I'm not better than anybody. We as people find unbelievable manners and ways to, to express this, this arrogance that people want to feel. Women want to feel they're better than men. Men want to feel they're better than women. Different racial uh, groups want to feel that they're better than other racial groups. Different ethnic groups want to feel like they're better than other ethnic groups. You know, in the context of America, we think of race as we understand that. It's phenomenal reading uh, history and understanding history of different parts of the world. Every part of the world has people that look down on other people. It's unbelievable. And oftentimes, if you're not from that area, you don't get it. You're like, really? You think you're better than, you know, your group than better than... I can't even tell the difference between you. It goes down to even petty, silly little things. I went to USC. Well, I went to UCLA. As if anybody in Mongolia knows or cares. They would say, I can't tell the difference. But we can. (laughs) Humility. It's an inside thing. It's saying, I don't, I am not going to give in to the feeling of feeling like I have to be better than anybody. I'm just me. I'm just a child of God. I am just who I am. I don't feel better than anybody. I'm not going to allow myself to feel better than This is an inside thing. You see what I'm saying? You get the inside right, the outside will be fine. The outside will be fine if we get the inside right. And these are just four scriptures that hopefully will, will get us thinking along this line. Let me review them real quickly for you. The first one, Jesus saying, everything, God, you can do anything. That's submission to God. That's an inside thing. Let's get that right in our life. Amen? Amen. Then he goes, to, and we look at Paul saying, in my all good conscience, I've done the best I can. He, just do your best. You don't have to do anything better than your best. Just try to do your best in life. That's all anyone can ever expect of you. Thirdly, get your priorities right. There can only be one priority in all of our lives. Let's make sure the priority is what it should be. Okay? It should be your relationship with God, wanting Christ's will, and Christ uh, desires to be done with your life. And this last one, just make a decision, hey, I'm going to be humble. That doesn't mean, humble doesn't mean, oh, I just think I can't do anything. I think Paul thought he could do a lot, and he did a lot. Humility is not, oh, woe is me, I'm nobody, I can't do anything. Humility is just saying, I'm not, I'm not looking down on anybody. I'm going to do my best in life. I'm going to have my priorities right. But, but I'm not looking down on anybody else in life. It's just I'm going to be humble. Okay, guys, if we get the inside right, what's going to happen? Outside. outside is going to be fine. God bless you. Hope you have a great week this week. Let's give God the glory.